0: what's up everyone this is gratitude unfiltered and i'm your host joshua t berglund hope everyone is doing wonderful tonight We are live right now on the E360 network, being broadcast live on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Facebook Live. What's up, Facebook? YouTube, Instagram TV, and Twitch. Welcome, and of course, welcome, podcast audience. Thank you guys for downloading and your support of the show. Um, Anyway, so happy to be here. So happy to see you guys. So happy for we're actually going to... Uh, do three today volume three after all of this after all of this fun after all of this craziness that we've had uh talking about relationships we're going to close it out tonight and i'm really really excited about it um this has been i don't know about you guys uh, those of you watching live right now or even on the replay if you saw volume one and volume two um it's been interesting i mean it's been it's been eye-opening And I've learned a lot from it and I hope you have too. Um, I'm really grateful that you guys are here today and you're a part of this and we're going to get right into it. We're not going to waste a lot of time. Uh, Really quick though, what I want to tell you, um, tomorrow night we're not going to be live at 5 p.m. the usual time, which is right now. We're going to be live at 9 p.m. central time um, because we have a guest coming on and I'm leaving town and still going to do a show, but I'm going to be at the airport all day tomorrow And, um, so we're doing a late night show, so I hope you guys are able to watch. I think, I know some of you who watched the replay that I may actually be more convenient for you. So I'm really, really excited about it. Our guest, Charles is going to be, uh, he's going to be awesome. I (laughs) just messaged him just a second ago and, uh, yeah, we're going to have fun. So really, really glad that you're here. So let's get into it really quick. Want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, I am Conchita cosmetics. We have a new sponsor coming, uh, next week. Uh, we have a solar company that I'm going to be introducing to you guys and really, really excited about their support for the show. Um, but of course you go to, I am That's E Y E A M C O N C H I T A and, uh, use promo code welcome 10 to save 10% on the lash app and curl. Again, thank you guys for being here. Let's do it. Keys for marriage. So yes. <laughs> Man, we got ruthless yesterday. I I can't even believe half the stuff that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but whatever, it's gratitude unfiltered. So let's get into this. Um, okay, here we go. Men. No, 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 no. I'm going to start back to the... I want to start right here. I'm going to repeat some of what we did yesterday. Wives, bless your husbands by getting involved in their recreational activities. If he likes to play tennis, then learn how to play tennis. If he likes to jog, then jog with him sometimes. If he likes football, learn how to throw and catch the ball. Play his game and you'll win your game. And of course, husbands, learn to do some things that your wife likes too. doesn't say that in the book, but come on. <laughs> like, we live in a different world. And your wife, your girl, she probably likes to do some things that she would probably like to teach you. And if she wants to teach you or wants to introduce you, why don't you pull, a, pull one for the team and learn? Because you know what? You want her to learn what you love, so why don't you take the time and learn what she wants, too. When a woman asks you to hold her, she doesn't want to go to bed. She wants affection. Now, if you hold her long enough, you just may get rewarded. <laughs> I, I've i always made this mistake. Um Every time, you know, like, oh, will you hold me? I used to think hold me meant will you have sex with me. Come to find out, it doesn't mean the same thing. A lot of women get sex over with quickly because there's no affection involved. They feel as if their husbands have used them like a piece of meat. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I say to you men, may that never be so among us. Men pay attention. Affection and sex are not the same. If you're not sure how to be affectionate, ask your wife. You'll be amazed by her responses. And that's the other thing, too. Ladies, we don't, it, like, sometimes, like, remember what I was talking about yesterday. Sometimes you got to, like, hey, so uh, you got you to take the time. Like, if you, if, like, say you want help around the house. You don't like the way he folds towels, which I suck at folding towels. Actually, I forgot to fold towels. I just set out towels out there to fold, and I totally forgot about it. Dadgummit. So I actually feel terrible about this because I was actually going to have them nice and folded and ready to go. Anyway, the point is I don't know how to fold towels very well, though, and I don't fold them, and I've noticed this. Every woman I've been married to folds towels differently, and they have different expectations about how to fold those towels. That's confusing, but if you want your, your towels done a certain way, then teach. Affection. Affection is the same way. I mean, some idea. I'm just saying, not trying to be vulgar here, but some men's idea of affection is slapping you on the butt and saying, "Hey, baby, what's up?" Like that's honestly, that's it. That is that is an honest thing, like, or grabbing your boobs. Like that's supposed to be foreplay, but you know what? Some men do do believe that. I don't know, what man? But I mean that. You know that that's like you just. that's not—I don't think—the kind of affection that are the wives are looking for. But everyone likes something different. You gotta communicate about it. You gotta talk. And sometimes, like, I—some people don't like to hold hands like this. Some people want to hold hands like this. Some people want to do this. Some people want to do this. But like, if that's—if you like a certain way, and that—that that equals affection to you, it's worth taking the time to teach. Because I would bet your partner. Actually wants to make you happy. Anyway, who's who's here? Well, hello, Jessica. Good to see you, Deck, my man. Good to see you. Hello, Molly Trotter. Thank you. This is Volume Three. Facts: Men love physical affection. There's no doubt about it. Um, so happy to have you guys here. By the, i Molly. Everyone's here now. I'm so happy. Good to see everyone. I'm gonna get that scroller off. Okay. So, husband, wait, wait, wait. Men, pay attention. Affection and sex are not the same. If you're not sure how to be affectionate, ask your wife. You'll be amazed by her responses. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Ephesians five twenty eight 28-29. By the way, I like Ephesians of the Bible. Pretty fantastic. Um, so... So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Well, you know what? There's something to that. Because you've never noticed, and this is a flip side, and I'm kind of going off off the charts here for a second. But have you ever noticed what happens after you have sex with somebody? Like, well, we'll let's go premature sex really quick. Think about those relationships where, you know, you maybe you're on a, a dating app or whatever, like match, or and then you meet, you go out, and you have drinks, And you're like, wow, man, this guy is awesome. Or, 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 or late or men, you're like, man, this chick is, she's badass. blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. So you got that going, but then you've been drinking, right? So then you go home and then you have sex and then it's great sex. You think because you're drunk and you're like, you know, whatever you're drunk. And then you're like, wow, let's hang out again. Let's do this again. And then you start hanging out and you're going out, you're having sex, you're going out, you're having sex. And then all of a sudden you kind of wake up to this reality of, holy crap, what am I doing in a relationship with this person? You've drank away your discernment. And I know I've used this analogy before, but you've done that, right? Or let's just say you go, you know, you started just sleeping with someone. Maybe it's not even just a drunk thing, but you've just started having sex. What happens when you try to leave? What happens when you try to leave a situation where you've been having sex with somebody? Are you able, and just be honest, are you, maybe you don't have to, some of you probably don't wanna call out your sex life here, but let's think about this for a second. How hard was it to break away? Did you feel in that separation, did you feel like something tearing apart or away from you? Did you feel a void or an emptiness when you were no longer next to that person, you couldn't figure it out why? Have you ever noticed when you break up with somebody, you go back and have sex with them? Have you ever noticed these things? Soul ties are freaking real. That's the point. Like that coming together in one, becoming one as it talks about, husbands ought to love your wives as their own. I got to think that somewhere in that, it's talking about the connection spiritually that happens because you do become one. And since in the Bible it's talking about waiting until you're married, you get married, then you have sex, you become one, you truly are that own body. Your spirits are now attached within that body. That's what soul ties are. So I gotta wonder how much of this I'm really getting out of the wormhole here, but like how much of like loving yourself is to do and it ties back into that connection that you have when you're intimate with someone. I don't know if this makes sense. Like I probably need to write this out, but like that, that just came to mind and I just thought I'd start talking about it. Anyway, men, do you know that just pushing the shopping cart patiently in the grocery store, in the grocery store is a sign of affection. Pushing a shopping cart patiently in the grocery grocery store is a sign of affection. Helping her cook is being affectionate tell her honey I'll cut up the onions let my eyes be the ones that sting that's affection so I got a question is taking out the garbage is that affection does that count let's see it was hard I'll admit it back in the day nothing recent yeah it it does breaking away soul ties are a real thing what's up Sharon good to see you always happy to see you hi Rachel um I want someone to be honest about that though (laughs) i want someone to talk about it uh yeah does i mean is taking out the trash or what if carrying like bringing the groceries in from the car is that does that count as affection because i love acts of service that's the easiest love language thing for me and and now here's the flip side to it if like I, If I'm not inspired to do something nice for you, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do active act of service because, oh, I think it's gonna make you happy. No, because typically I'm motivated to do it. I'm just fortunate that it's a natural love language of mine to want to serve, to want to help out because I'm a fixer, which flip side could be also a really dangerous thing. But I love acts of service. And like for the longest time in all of my past relationships, I didn't speak the love language of the person I was with. I shared the example of the gift example. That was extreme and annoying. But every relationship I've ever been in, my love language and theirs never matched. And I'm, I'm curious how much of that has, because I would do, I would, I would, I've laid sod for people that I was in a relationship with or help them move their whole house. But that, if it's not that person's love language acts of service guess what you might as well have just like filed her toenails for her. i don't know but it's just like it's weird it like you can be men and if you, i'm sure you can relate to this like you maybe your thing is like you love to serve acts of service is your thing and you're doing it for your partner and you're like oh my god i just made myself bleed trying to make you happy by doing all of this manly macho stuff for you. And like it meant nothing. That's what happens with love language. You get like a, Oh, a thank you. And then in your head, you're going, I just spent 12 hours on my hands and knees with bugs crawling up my butt, laying sod all over this uneven, gross terrain. It smells like manure. And all I got was a thank you. That's what happens when the love languages don't match up or just an ungrateful butthead. But that's another story. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew 5, 44. One of the greatest habits you can get into, and those of you who watch the show know, know, watch the show a lot. You know I say this a lot, but one of the greatest habits that you can start is pray for the people you don't like, or you think don't like you. Pray for the people you have resentments towards. Pray for the people that you that you hate. Not that you should hate anybody, because this verse says, "But I say to you, love your enemies." But I want to challenge you to do it. It's a weird... It, you know, I talk... I say, like, the truth will set you free. Like, when you let it all out... Well, it's the same thing with love. Like, you kind of create this shift in the atmosphere energetically when you can shift from that mother... Beep! i want to punch that... When you shift from that to... Man, they—that person is so mean to me, and just so rude, and the lies and and the deception. I can't. I don't. I, I. I don't understand that, God. Why? Why? I don't know why this person treats me this way. Lord, will you please, will you help their heart heal? Because I know that that is not their true character. Their true character is not to shoot my dog. Their true. Their true character is not to steal my dog. Their true character is to not be a liar. They're. I know they're not an abuser. I know that that's not their nature. I know that they learned it from someone else. God, will you please, will you forgive them? Will you please bring peace to their heart so that they can heal? Because if you can shift that, that piece of crap, blah, 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 you can shift from that to have compassion because you have understanding that they didn't wake up. They, didn't, they weren't born with the idea of being a butthead. Someone yesterday on the comments, which was super irritating. If you're watching the show right now, thank you for being here. But you trying to say that people there's people that are just bad, that's bull crap. No one is born bad. God does not make, create anything that's not good. Nothing. That's cannabis, mushrooms, flowers, octopus, barracudas. They all have a purpose. So no one's born bad. But sin gets inside people and it makes things go crazy. But to sit there and label somebody like, ah, there's just bad people. No, that's crap. That's a cop-out. It's not true. It's not kingdom. Because Jesus can heal everyone. Jesus can heal everyone's life. Jesus can transform anyone, including a former narcissist, a former abuser, a liar, a manipulator, a crazy person, mentally ill, sick. If Jesus can fix me, he can fix you too. And by the way, we are going to have a narcissist show. We got a bunch... Actually, you know what? We have so many surprises coming up. It's going to be awesome. Well, I can't wait. Next week? Next week's shows? Oh, baby. Really, really excited about this. Um, But yeah, we're mixing things up. Like, it's always different, I understand. But it's about to get really different. And I'm pumped about it. Anyway. We are to follow Christ's example of love. While we were... While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He looked beyond our fault and saw our need. True love is not the kind of love you talk about. It's the kind of love you get to be about. Love responds. It does not react. Hmm. So remember, I love this tip. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I'm going to keep saying it because I think everyone should do it. And it's something that I still practice. I'm not perfect at it. But right there it says, love responds, it does not react. So what this is, say, um, I'll just, uh, cause I'm a man, I'll use the man. Uh, someone says something, well, let's just go with this is goes Someone says something mean to you or they're rude to you or maybe they're short with you. And you know, we howl, we're how we always worse to the people closest to us because we, we like, we just assume they're not gonna go anywhere, right? You can't get rid of family is what people say. I mean, you can, but you you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't say people just are, you're crappier to the people close to you. It's just a fact. I don't know why. It's like the most unloving thing ever. But no matter what situation you're in, family, work, lover, husband, spouse, when someone says something to you, anything, Anything, even if it's a nice comment, if you can think to yourself, I love you before you speak, like if you can say, I just said, I love you and then talk when you say, and then talk, what comes out of your mouth changes. It's really, really hard to say, go yourself. It's really hard to do that. It's really hard to say, I love you. And then tell someone to go fly a bleeping kite. You just, it's just really hard to do so that is preventing a reaction how many of us how many of us are guilty of reacting when we should have just taken a breath before we responded how many fights how many firings could we have avoided by not reacting and firing off an email saying go well, go f yourself or <laughs> or just whatever crappy response because it's emotional and you're just like, ah. And the thing is, the more at peace you have, and this is one of the things that I love about a quiet time in the morning, clearing your head, getting the presence of God on you for the day, getting a good flow, of the Holy Spirit, you get that, and you know what? You're not as on edge. You're not as quick to react. You're more kind of like patience and still and like in this, like this chill mode. Right. It's not, you're not just like, ah. cause you know, when you're on edge and tense, you it, it, like everything that comes at you, you're just like ready to pounce on it. And sometimes that can be good, but when you're on edge, it's not. So having that time in the morning to get present and to clear out the demons, as I like to call it, why I like to go lift weights is because I can clear my head and get that energy, that negative look out. So, but I really believe that practice of a quiet time helps you get to a place of love easier, like a presence of love, because you have God's presence on you. then you're responding with love, not reacting with... anyway. When you react, you blurt out things without thinking. Oh yeah, bleep you. You know, you know the things that you pop off with. Sarcasm, hurtful comments being short with people, all things that I'm so great at. By that time, you've said something hurtful and wounded a spirit, usually the one belonging to the person you love most. Take a deep breath and count to 10. Whenever your love is based on a specific reason, then the foundation of your relationship rests upon a condition. Read the fine print. Terms and conditions are subject to change. Your spouse's face, weight, body, attitude, and emotions are all going to change. Yet, when you love your spouse with agape love, God's kind of love, your love remains the same. Conditions change, but true love is conditional. I think that is, I mean, obviously that's love and that's new. I mean, like loving somebody throughout all four seasons, I... Oof. I mean, then again, I haven't had a healthy relationship until recently, but that's a whole other story. But I, 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 that's what I admire about marriages. Like when I hear about my mom and stepdad, like the, the evolution of their marriage, and I hear about these people that have been together for 90 years. And then, of course, you hear about the families that have a legacy that, you know, they're not, you're not breaking them apart for anything. It's like the CIA or something at this point, some the way some of these families are set up but i haven't experienced that and that's something that i'm really looking forward to and i believe that and again if you are out there and haven't had much relationship success like i go back to the things that i'm i'm seeing for myself that seem to be things that don't change i don't think your love language changes at all so that's something that if you're consistent with no matter what kind of other changes you go through you're still able to feed your partner love because you have that love language commonality. I think that's a plus. That's a way of like being able to help, you know, batten down the hatches, so to speak. The other one is sharing a vision, which I'm beating that in the head, but that's important because purpose matters. That's the only, your existence on this planet is to fulfill a purpose. That's your, your, your meaning of life is to fulfill your God given purpose and do it within the designated time that God has allowed you to be here. So I I would imagine shared vision, shared love language allows you to weather those storms and the winds of change. Wow, I'm just like using all kinds of puns and things. Are those puns? I don't know. When you assign roles within your marriage, you set up expectations. Expectations cause needless aggravation. Aggravation causes disappointments, which leads to frustration and arguments. Arguments lead to bitterness and strife, which lead to strain, a strained relationship. A strained relationship endangers fellowship. When the fellowship is endangered, you jeopardize your marriage. True love expects nothing in return. I think that, that's true love expects nothing in return. No expectations, love. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but I will. So one of the ways that I, I've jumped the gun on God a bunch, like assuming like, hey, it's time, it's ready. And then it wasn't because sometimes my own voice and God sound alike in my own head. I'm just being honest. And if you, and of those of you who can relate, please help me out here so I don't feel like an idiot. And by the way, the guy that called me a bald headed idiot yesterday, where'd he go? I wish he would come back and call me another name today. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. That's what happens when I jump ahead on things. Sometimes I might forget. Anyway. When a fellowship, when the fellowship is endangered, you jeopardize your marriage. True love expects nothing in return. Oh, I know what I was saying. I one of the things that I'm trying to get used to is having. I've never been able to receive well, receive love, receive compliments, receive praise. That's always been strange for me. I don't know why, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it was a worthiness issue or not, but I remember when, like in, the past, in years past when I would have somebody I was dating want to do something for me, like in service, all things that really in theory, in theory, the things that I love, which is acts of service and words of affirmation, that's my love language, but I couldn't allow them to do that for me. I couldn't. I feel weird when my mom does something for me. And it's it's a very odd thing. It really is because it's my love language. But what I'm learning now uh, in my current situation is that i I think I would feel bad if I didn't allow her to perform acts of service because I really believe that she's doing it from a good place and that feels good. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm kind of talking out loud a little bit to work this through my head because the thought came to my mind, but like I enjoy it. I love it now and and like I have this whole, I like the way it makes me feel, but it wasn't always like that before. And I would imagine that when someone genuinely wants to do something nice for you and you reject them, I bet it really hurts. Is it, what is that expression? Don't still someone else's joy. So if somebody wants to help you out, maybe help you out financially or give you a love offering or, you know, um, or just do something for you and you tell them no. Like, oh, you don't need to make me a sandwich. It's not a big deal. I can do it myself. Like, I bet. I Okay, sorry, I'm done working through this. Like, we have to let people live in their love language. Like, I think this is why it's so important to know what someone's love language is. And again, I'm, I'm working through this stuff. I think that's why it's so important because then you're able to identify when someone's doing something like, all of a sudden, you know, your your man is on his hands and knees, and he's scrubbing your feet and your toenails, and he's, like, licking in between your toes to get all the crap out, and he's giving you a pedicure. And you're like, what are you doing, freak? You got some kind of sick fetish here? And we'll come to find out the way he expresses love is acts of service. And he's like, I just want to, like, lick and clean your toes and make them all pretty, like when you go to the thing. And, like. Uh, Then we're aware, and once we're aware, we can identify and we recognize because how many times, how many of us have made the mistake of thinking our partner that's with us, we've assumed that what they are doing, like we kind of looked at it like, what the uh, what's going on here? And kind of rejected them, but we weren't aware that they were actually trying to do something for us. I know I've caused some problems in relationships over this issue, I Remember when a girlfriend bought me a rose, I looked at it and go, What the? What is that? What am I gonna do with a rose? I hurt her feelings so bad. I don't, I, I, I do, I am starting to appreciate little gifts and things like that because it means it does mean a lot, but like that's not my love language. I do like it, it's just like it's not my love language, and I don't know how to like register that, but man, I remember to this day, it was my high school girlfriend. We dated for three and a half years. I laughed at her face. I'm like, what is that? A rose? I can imagine how many men have tried to do something for their spouse that they didn't recognize was not their love language and they're trying to do it. And then they feel rejected because they tried to serve their spouse or their girlfriend or whatever they're into. And and they got rejected or felt rejected, but really, she didn't even know. That love language thing is serious. Okay, I'm done. I'm off that tangent now. After that, Jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash the, wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel with which he was girded. John thirteen five. Seek to serve, not to be served. Jesus didn't ask whose job it was to wash feet. He didn't follow traditional roles. He simply responded to the need What does your spouse need from you? What does your partner need from you right now? What have they needed from you for the last week month two months and you haven't been able to do that for them? and look ladies your intuition so on point Um But this goes both ways. When was the last time we checked in with our partner to find out what we could do for them? Like, how could we support them the most? And entrepreneurs, business people, if you're, when you're trying to get a new client and you're all about, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? How can I serve you? Let me serve my way to earn your business. If if you're like that in your business but you're not like that in your home life, you're a freaking phony. You're not the real deal. That's not genuine. Because if all of your effort and all of your serving energy goes into trying to score a client or get the bonus or whatever, but you're not doing it for your partner, you're 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 you're, you're fake. You're not real. You're if anything, maybe on your way to being a narcissist. if you're not already. I don't care if I hurt your feelings or not. it's true. You gotta. Okay, prime example. Those of you that are were all in on your jobs and first of all, I'm not judging, okay? I'm not. I'm not judging because I'm that guy. I've I have the a track record of destruction and broken families and lost kids. So everything I'm saying is coming from a place of knowing, not judgment. I'm not sitting on top of a mountain lecturing you. But how many of you woke up? You're you're all in. You're like the 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 platinum winner sales champion of your company. This virus hits and you're like, I got to work. I got to get the bonus. I'm going to, I got to get promoted. i got to make vice president this year. I'm going to beat Steve. Like. And you know, and you and you treat your spouse like crap when she's trying to call you because she misses you. They're like, I gotta work. I gotta work. I gotta work. I gotta sales conference. I gotta go play golf. I'm gonna work on Saturday and Sunday. No, I can't go to church with you. No, I don't have time to pray for you. No, I don't have time to. uh, I don't have time to sit down and eat dinner with you ever. No, no, no. I'm busy. I'm too busy. I gotta work. I gotta make this bonus. Gotta make this bonus. And you've neglected your family. You've neglected your kids. You've You've neglected everything to the point that. Your your people, your tribe, the people you're responsible for in your home are sitting there desperately needing you, but they're saying, well, one day he's going to be able to retire. They're making excuses for you. They're justifying your behavior. They're doing all of that. And now all of this stuff that you've put value in, now you're stuck at home for how long? A month, two months. You don't have a job. You're not getting your job back. Some of you aren't. You may get it back, but you're stressed out. You're freaking out. But now you've discovered that your kid has got a porn problem uh, because you haven't been home to recognize it. And um, oh, and and then your daughter is cutting herself. You didn't. You you were too busy to pay attention. So now she's cutting herself. And then your wife is having sex with the the yard boy. But that's what you came home to find out. And then you're sitting there going, well, how in the world, how did this happen to me? How did, like, I mean, I've given these kids a big ass house. I bought them a boat. They've got jet skis to go to private school. They got all the name designer brands. They got Rolex watches. They got everything they need. She's got all the fancy hats and the the red bottom shoes and all that stuff. Like, what do you mean? They're just so ungrateful. I've provided, I've given them all this. Hey, dummy, here's a clue. Your wife, your kids—they don't care about all the big ass boats. They want your time. They want your love. They want you to lead the family. Nothing should come before God, period. But after that, your family. God, work. You gotta put if and by putting God first in everything you do. All this other stuff works itself out. You value leading your home. And I'm saying this. Look, I'm not trying to beat you up, but I'm trying to wake you up. Because these things that we've put value in for so long have proven to be what? Worthless. Chasing money all over the place. What is money? What is money? I know you got to buy groceries and all this stuff, but like this whole concept of money, the way we understand it has always been wrong. And there's changes coming. So the way we understood the dollar is about to be totally different too. That's why putting God at the forefront of everything we do. Seek the kingdom first. We do this. It changes the dynamics of everything. Done. After that. It's just amazing to me that Jesus would wash anyone's feet. This is the savior, the purest thing. Like, I can't even imagine Lent touching Jesus and he touched those dirty, stinky feet as an act of service and an act of love. It's amazing. Don't expect one person to do all the cooking, washing, or cleaning. If you don't expect your spouse to do those things, then when he or she doesn't do them, how can you be disappointed? When your spouse chooses to bless you by doing something unexpected, you'll be more inclined to be thankful and appreciative. A role within a marriage should be a temporary responsibility based on the ability of one who is able to respond to the need at the given moment. Responsibility is determined by availability and capability. If you see water on the floor, don't just stand there and think, well, that's my wife's job. She does the mopping. No, you saw it, so you respond. If you have the ability to respond, then it's your responsibility. She's doing it out of love. What? I don't know what that is. Bald-headed idiot? Yeah, someone called me a bald-headed idiot. A bald-headed idiot. <laughs> if you accept love in a way that they give love, I would assume it could leave them feeling rejected. If you accept love in a way that they give love, it would assume that would leave rejected. Rhonda says, married 25 magical years to my King Keith, the best man on the planet. He died 2017 of stage four cancer. I am so sorry about that, Rhonda. I was just about to say that. Intuition or not, ask. <laughs> Coming from a place of service is the way to go. Amen. People can tell when service doesn't come from the heart. That's another thing. Okay, that. thank you, Jessica, for bringing this up. Yeah, that was actually... Um, a point that I was going to make. Oh, if you don't accept, thank you, Jessica, for clarifying. I got was confusing. Yeah. That's a thing. Other thing too, is like acts of service when it's coming from a place that's not pure comes across kind of basically like kicking a can down the road, has about the same amount of intimacy and love to it. When things become more important than God, more important than your spouse, the result will always be problems within your home. We know that sex is a temporary action and is subject to constant change. Since it, since it is always changing, you can't trust it. If you can't put your trust in it, you know you're in trouble when you try to build your relationship upon it. I built every one of my relationships were built on sex. In some way or fashion, like directly or indirectly, it it was all. Hmm. I gotta tell you, that's when you end up getting stuck in those relationships, and after six months, you're going, "What the heck have I done?" Because you're like, "Yeah, well, I'm good in bed." Good in bed does not mean good partner. Just telling you, good in bed just means the relaxing five seconds of your life. Just kidding. Sex does not produce commitment. I don't care how good it is. It does not produce commitment. No. If you don't believe me, ask a prostitute. (laughs) Sex is is a result of commitment in marriage. I have so much to say that I I really, like, I need to wear a mask one day and do a show. That's what I'm going to do. If your sexual relationship alone doesn't make your marriage, then it can't break it either. When you say something to your spouse, you have to remember that your spouse may hear his or her interpretation of what you said based upon his or her personal history. And this may be quite different from what you actually meant. Let me read it one more time because this matters. This is really, really important. When you say something to your spouse, you have to remember that your spouse may hear his or her interpretation or perception of what you said, of what you said based upon his or her personal history. And this may be quite different from what you actually meant. Men are from Venus, women are from Mars, Jupiter. I'm probably from Uranus, but that's another story. So like this is important about being patient and communicating. And if you don't understand, or you're starting to like, if you feel yourself assume, It's better to ask. It's better to confirm. I I think I, I, okay, is this what you meant when you said blank? Because if you can do that immediately, if you don't understand or something kind of rides up your butt a little bit about what like, for instance, me that I say to you, well, it's always appropriate to go, when you said blank, did you mean blank? And then I have the opportunity to go, this is what I meant. So then in that moment, I have the opportunity to be able to take what you perceived and gently correct it. But what happens when you sit there and don't say anything, you've perceived what I've said to be offensive or wrong or angry or a heretic or offensive. But what I actually meant was something else, but you didn't, you waited. You get an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours of you. It's just saturating and absorbing into your skin. And like all of a sudden that, 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 that perception that you had has now absorbed into you fully and it started to consume you. And now trying to change your idea of what that perception is, is almost impossible. So it's best immediately if you don't understand what someone said or you didn't like it or whatever, just ask them to clarify. Is this what you meant? It's it's better safe than sorry because I've seen a lot of relationships get destroyed. There's been a lot of resentment built up over this subject. When you say something to your spouse, you have to remember that your spouse may hear his or her interpretation of what you said based upon his or her personal history. And this may be quite different from what you actually meant. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Proverbs 5.8. This verse is not saying to enjoy your wife when she is young and then go looking for somebody else. Your wife is supposed to be even better and sweeter to you as you both get older, grow old gracefully together. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Proverbs 5, nineteen. Uh, you're, I'm... <laughs> I'm such a child. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) If this doesn't show the um, emotional immaturity of me, um, I can't even say breast without getting an image in my head and going, wow, I really love breast. And I, I satisfied me for the rest of my days. And all I can think about is just snuggling up in some bosom. Like that's what I, like I'm such a child. Men, in order to learn how to love your wives, you first have to find out how Christ loved his church by studying the ultimate manual on love, and that is the Bible. God does not compare your marriage to that of your brother, sister, parents, or friends. He compares your marriage to Christ and his church. That is the standard. I don't want to... That's tough. And I don't think... When it says he compares your marriage to Christ and his church, I don't know if it's talking about your gossipy church. I think it means something else, but I could be wrong. Rhonda, you're a biblical scholar. Can you help me with that one? Husbands, the highest witness for Christ that you can give is loving your wife as he loved the church. We need real men in our communities. Men of the word who know what true love is. You can't know what love is until you love yourself. You cannot love. You cannot know what love is. You can't love yourself until you're living in truth. Because if you're living in truth, there's no way you want a lie or a secret hiding inside your spirit. You just don't. You don't. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. The more you love yourself, your body will physically reject poisons of the world. And poisons can be lies, manipulation, cheating. Um, lie. I said lying. It can be anything, a, a toxin, a, a toxin, a substance. But the more full of the Holy Spirit you are, the more those poisons get rejected. Your wife wants to hear, I love you. You're beautiful. You're so precious to me. Your husband doesn't need to hear anything. Just rub his head and touch his neck when he's driving and he's in heaven. Ear I'm give myself chills with that one. So, (laughs) So talk to your wife and give your husband physical affection. She who is married cares how she may please her husband, 1 Corinthians 7.34. Wives, you do not need to wait for your husband to initiate sexual relations. Your wife didn't forfeit her dreams and aspirations when she married you. She has basic needs and desires to feel successful and personally satisfied in her life, just as you do. Find out what her dreams are and be supportive of her goals. Men, you can't just say, expect your woman to lift you up and elevate you and you don't do the same for her. It goes both ways. Just because you've got a big vision and a big dream does not mean hers is not important. In fact, hers is just as important, if not more. No, that's not. I can't say that. Everyone's purpose is equal. Everyone's purpose is equal. But you got to do your part. Men, you got to lift up your women. You got to support them. You got to, you know, help them with their vision. Because odds are, if you're brought together, and like I said, you share a vision together, it doesn't mean you can share a vision and have separate visions. You can have your separate things. It doesn't mean that you have to work together all the time. I'm not saying that. But support her dreams. You must accept the fact that the person you married is not exactly like you. Yet when the differences between your spouse and yourself press together, they will form the precious gem your marriage was always meant to be. Husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Men... At the end of the day, go to God and say, I present my wife to you. How did I do today in removing the spots and wrinkles? What could I do better? That's your job and priority as a husband every day of your life. Your wedding ring represents to the whole world that no matter where you go by yourself, you belong to and are committed to another and are not looking for anybody else never leave home without wearing it better put that ring on wait let's see you could probably do a whole week just about i could probably do five months about it jessica um coming from a place of service is way to go let's see do you think it's the other person's responsibility to correct your communication or should you think about how you communicate your point first really good question jessica uh yes you should think about what you're saying however If you do feel like a, a, look, you know that feeling when someone says, I don't know about that. Like, I don't, I don't feel that good. You know that feeling. You know when it's like you take something and, and maybe in your mind, like, that's what you've perceived that was said. But if it irks you, sometimes it's worth taking the time to clarify. Is that what you meant? And then if that's what they really meant... Then you have every reason in the world to be mad. Just my opinion. How good are you at receiving? I think receiving matters. Like, you have to be willing to receive. Be open to receive money or a blessing or or a gift or time or an act of service with somebody. Absolutely. There are some things in life no one can afford, and having your prayers hindered is one of them. Be kind, caring, compassionate, sensitive, and attentive to your wife's needs. God is more important than your wife. Yet, he made having your prayers heard contingent on your relationship with her. Love your wife, protect your prayers. There are some things in life no one can afford and having your prayers hindered is one of them. Be kind, caring, compassionate, sensitive, and attentive to your wife's needs. Check. God is more important than your wife. Yet, he made having your prayers heard contingent on your relationship with her love your wife protect your prayers that's pretty powerful i didn't know that the male is the foundation of the human family if the male leaves the home or if he neglects his responsibility you have a house built on sand the rafters rock when the pressures come because the man isn't there many men li- many men need to live like the foundation they were created to be keep the home steady so your wife and children can always lean on you and know you aren't going to crack the foundation of building is important the foundation of a building is important but it's not more important than the other parts of the structure the foundation can't perform all the functions itself for example only the roof can keep you dry it's the same way the human family with the human family the foundation is crucial but the rest of the family is essential also A selfish person wants all the glory, all the credit, all the recognition, all the attention, all the power, all the authority, all the rights, and all the privileges. But a person of love wants others to share what he has. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, Proverbs 12.4. The crown of a king is his glory. Many people think that a good wife is just the queen to her king. But he is also a king because she is the crown of his glory. Your lips O my spouse drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under her tongue. And the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Song of Solomon 4.11. Your wife hungers for the sweetness of your words. Speak your thoughts. She needs it. It is through worship and communion with God that a man receives his life's vision, vocation, and work. Some men have forgotten that worship takes precedence over work. When your work interferes with your worship, you cease to fulfill the purpose of a real man. Any man man who would want to inhibit the progress of his spouse just to prove his superiority has an inferiority complex. A man who knows who he is doesn't need to prove himself. He understands that his wife has her own self-esteem, so he encourages her to develop her potential to the fullest. Wives, do you know how many men are there or where they are today because their helpmates made sure they got there? Whatever a man is not, his wife can help him become. The secret to staying in love is to keep finding things within your spouse to fall in love with over and over again. Always be enraptured with her love, Proverbs 5.19. The responsibility for staying enraptured is not up to your spouse, although he or she has a big part to play. The responsibility is your own. Let this mind be in which you also in Jesus Christ, Philippians 2.5. If the husband and wife both have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, then their relationship is based on selfish giving, selfless giving, sacrifice, service, and forgiveness. When a husband and wife understand and value each other's purposes, they can have a rewarding relationship, and they can blend their unique designs harmoniously for God's glory. The Bible equips us to be the husbands and wives we were designed to be. Be a person of the word as you continue to seek and fulfill God's purpose for your marriage. Wow. Okay. That was it. So what would you guys think? Um, did you guys learn anything? What was your biggest takeaway uh, from that? We have did three, basically three, four, four hours of this. <laughs> That's how long it took. Um, if you guys have a biggest takeaway, I would love to hear it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, thank you again for the podcast audience. And I um, you know, just really, really appreciate you. But again, I would love your feedback on this. Again, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Charles Clay is going to be on the show at 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, no show Saturday night. And then the following week, we have a surprise. Surprise. All week long. It's going to be fun. Um, looking forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Glad you liked it, Jessica. I don't know what this question's for. And, uh, anyway, but thank you again for being here. God bless. Thank you for all your shares, likes, comments, subscriptions, all that good stuff. Peace out.